Hello, and welcome to Notes in the Week Ahead, a JP Morgan Asset Management podcast that provides insights on the markets and the economy to help you stay informed in the week ahead. Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at JP Morgan Asset Management. Today is July 5th, 2023. When I first arrived in this country, 40 years ago this summer, my strongest impression was that America was a land of optimists. European economists, politicians, commentators and consumers all saw the outlook as dark and troubled. However, Americans facing equal challenges seemed to see the glass as half full. Over the years, that optimism has sadly faded. As just one example, in a second quarter survey of 3,000 adults, 44% opined that we were already in recession and 75% believed that we would be by the end of the year. While this is probably in line with the commentary Americans now consume from cable networks and social media, it is an unreasonably gloomy picture relative to broad economic trends and, incidentally, most of the fundamentals that actually drive consumer spending. This is important since, while a gloomy consumer can still keep America growing, a lack of confidence could moderate economic growth and inflation, keeping the soft in the soft landing that's looking more likely every day. One way to think about all of this is to take a balanced look at the key drivers of consumer spending, namely income, wealth, credit, and confidence. So, starting with income. After a spectacular post-pandemic gain in jobs, job growth should slow in the year ahead, reflecting both the normal relationship between GDP growth and employment and a chronic lack of available workers. That being said, recent economic growth has been surprisingly robust, with real GDP estimated to have grown by 2.7% year-over-year in the second quarter. In addition, legal immigration has rebounded very strongly recently and is now running well above 2019 levels, providing for some potential additional labour supply. Overall, we expect payroll growth to slip to an average pace of 125,000 jobs per month by the fourth quarter of this year, or a roughly 1% annualised pace compared to average monthly job gains of 339,000 over the past year. However, wage growth should only drift down slowly in a tight labour market. With taxes and government transfers essentially steady, solid gains in dividends, interest and rent, and consumer inflation ebbing, we expect to see 3.6% growth in real disposable income this year, and 2.3% growth next year. Looking at wealth, After a brutal 2022, the first half of 2023 has seen a significant rebound in consumer wealth, led by a very strong US stock market. We estimate that household net worth rose by over $6.5 trillion in the first half of this year to a level of $152.3 trillion, only fractionally lower than the all-time high of $152.6 trillion set in the first quarter of 2022. It should of course be noted that the distribution of wealth is even more unequal than the distribution of income in this country, and that the marginal propensity to consume out of wealth is very low. Still, by supporting spending on homes, new autos and high-end services, recent wealth gains are acting as an important buffer against a more serious downturn in the more cyclical areas of the economy. Looking at credit. According to a recent survey, over 60% of American households describe themselves as living paycheck to paycheck in April of 2023. This number has been fairly consistent over the past three years, although it did fall to close to 50% in the spring of 2021, presumably due to the cumulative effect of government pandemic aid. That aid is now long gone. And over the past year, consumers have tried to maintain living standards in part by increasing credit card borrowing, which has risen by more than 13% over the past year. Needless to say, this rate of increase is not sustainable. 
and returning to slower borrowing growth could hurt spending. We've also seen a recent increase in delinquency rates, although not to recessionary levels. Banks responded by tightening lending standards on credit card, auto and other consumer loans in the first quarter, and this may have continued in the second quarter in reaction to the regional bank crisis. The resumption of student loan payments in October will further add to consumer financial stress. 44 million Americans had federal student loan debt amounting to $1.65 trillion at the end of the first quarter, with an average interest rate on those loans of approximately 6.4%. An admittedly rough assumption of average amortization over 10 years suggests aggregate annual federal student loan payments of $220 billion, or about 1% of disposable income. The President's announcement of a one-year on-ramp program in which missed payments wouldn't be reported as a negative credit event could ease the burden of this somewhat. However, overall, the resumption of student loan payments could squeeze consumer spending, particularly for younger households. One overarching way to look at consumer credit is to consider the personal saving rate, which is calculated as the difference between disposable income and personal outlays, expressed as a percent of disposable income. This statistic, which averaged 7.6% in the five years before the pandemic, and which saw big swings over the past three years, has now averaged 4.3% over the first five months of 2023. If, on aggregate, consumers returned their pre-pandemic spending, borrowing and saving behaviour, then spending will have to grow significantly more slowly than income for some time to come. This is why, even with reasonably healthy gains expected in disposable income, we expect consumer spending to grow very slowly over the next few years. And then finally, there's the issue of confidence, which, despite some recent improvement, remains very depressed. The University of Michigan's Index of Consumer Sentiment for June came in at an index reading of 64.4, up from an all-time low of 50.0 a year earlier, but still lower than it has been in 92% of the months since 1978. To appreciate how remarkable this is, consider the Misery Index, which is the sum of the unemployment rate and the year-over-year CPI inflation rate. We expect this week's jobs report to show an unemployment rate of 3.6% for June. In next week's CPI report, we expect to see a year-over-year headline inflation number of 3.2%. Adding them together gives a misery index of 6.8%, lower than it has been in 83% of the months since 1978. Or to look at it another way, an equation modeling consumer sentiment as a function of inflation, unemployment, stock prices, gasoline prices, and payroll job gains explains 70% of the variation in sentiment from February 1978 to December 2019, but only 55% of the variation from February 1978 to June 2023, as sentiment has steadily fallen relative to fundamentals over the past three years. The reading for June 2023 at 64.4 is the biggest outlier of all, more than 34 index points, or 3.8 standard errors below its predicted value. This suggests three important takeaways. First, it's important to understand the source of the gloom relative to economic fundamentals. Part of the answer likely lies in political partisanship, which tends to stoke anger and dissatisfaction on both sides. Part may reflect growing levels of anxiety, which have sadly increased since the advent of the cell phone and social media, and which clearly worsened during the pandemic. Another part may simply reflect a lack of media coverage of basic economic trends. Second, despite all of this, with confidence so low relative to fundamentals, it is likely that it will improve in the months ahead as consumers partly begin to appreciate the fall in inflation and the still strong job market. Third, that being said, confidence will likely remain low relative to those fundamentals for a long time to come. This could cause consumers, workers and businesses to be relatively cautious in their decision making, 
potentially dampening consumer spending, hiring, and wage and price increases. However, given the current strength of the economy, this probably improves the odds of a soft landing, which could extend the current economic expansion in a non-inflationary way and thereby help both stocks and bonds in the year ahead. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week. And if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your JP Morgan representative. This content is intended for information only based on assumptions and current market conditions and are subject to change. No warranty of accuracy is given. This content does not contain sufficient information to support investment decisions. It is not to be construed as research, legal, regulatory, tax, accounting, or investment advice. Investments involve risks. Investors should seek professional advice or make an independent evaluation before investing. The value of investments and the income from them may fluctuate, including loss of capital. Past performance and yield are not indicative of current or future results. Forecasts and estimates may or may not come to pass. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide.